let's uh, let's hear some of what she got. Um, I I know. So uh, let's hear from some of you all, and I'm not afraid to call on people. So everyone, all at once. Okay. Great. We just, we just summed it up. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You figured it all out. By just basically saying a self-portrait is how I see myself. Okay. A selfie. How others see me? Okay. What else? What else did you guys come up with? You go to DC and, and, and go through the Smithsonian, you see portraits mm -hmm. of, of various presidents. And then Michelle and Barack just did a portrait. Right. And to me, that portrait is how they wanted to see them. So my thoughts are the Motives of men have not changed, only the scene has changed. Mm. Technology has changed the scene. So, sin has not been no more devastating today than it was 50, 60 years ago. Or the desires of men are no more different. It's just we have more toys to play with. Mm. And it, it gives us something more. And also, technology exposes. Or amplifies one's lie. I mean, I can put a tweet out there that is not true. That's right. That's but who would do that? Nobody oh, yeah. ever does that. <laughs> yeah. so. It's because they travel six times faster than the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Others? Well, we tried to kind of make a correlation uh, off the idea of like how, how does that maybe different than writing and selfie is kind of like an advertisement. It's mm. touched up, cleaned up, what, what, how we want to sell ourselves to the world. Mm. A self-portrait might be more like a, a, you know, maybe like a slightly more serious like journal entry or, or maybe even like a feature piece in the magazine. Excellent. shooting it sees it. You may only see that section of, of the whole picture, but that section is in and of itself more or less true. Interesting. So we got various various shades of truth being exposed possibly or untruth. Hmm. Excellent. Brian? I've, I've got some different things not necessarily all tied together, not necessarily directly theological, um, but one one thing with the selfie um, that uh, we've got a pretty wide age range in here, but a lot of us are not of what you would think of as the selfie generation. So selfies selfies are not the big deal to me, 
that they are to my teenage daughters. But we all have posted them. We I've all, seen we yours. We all posted them, but, but, it's, so, but it's a whole different yeah, thing for them sure. than it is for me. And I would still just as soon get somebody else to take my picture because I like mm. having a little bit more of the perspective around me than I do of figuring out how to get the mm -hmm. camera turned so it doesn't get the double chin. Um, and you go from above, not yeah, below. Yeah, My I mean, wife has taught yeah, me that one. It's easier for me to do that <laughs> than that. So, but, but one of the one of the things that I have learned about selfies is that there's you need there's an element of outside judgment that often comes into mm. play because what. What I think selfies convey to the outside world is not necessarily, or, or what I think are the motives behind all the selfies that I see, are not necessarily the things that the, the people for whom they are intended get out of. Uh, for, for example, it, they may come across to me as vain, but for my teenage daughters, it's important for them to be able to capture a moment when they feel like they finally look mm. good. Mm. Because teenage girls don't always feel that way. And so, if, if, and so that's, it's, still, it's still centered on the self, mm -hmm. but that's different from what we think of as self-centeredness. Mm. So yeah, so like, yeah, you wrote up there, there's an element of self-confidence, mm. not self-centeredness. Um, a self-portrait usually requires a little bit more um, expertise mm. to do right, whereas a selfie, a, a selfie can be that quick, it, it, it's, it's almost a personal snapshot in that sense. Mm. Um, and the, the difference in snapshots, as you were talking about how you used your camera at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I have yeah. my shots from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway when I was 10 too, um, is that you, most people had to be very careful with film because you had a limited amount of film, it cost money. And what's different with digital cameras, especially with phones where it's easy and unlimited, is it has taught people to think the way professional photographers have always mm. thought. Because you know, working with news people, um, they would go into an event where we might take a 24-exposure roll of instamatic film, and they come in with two dozen rolls of film and three different kinds of cameras, and would shoot, 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 shoot to get the one shot that was worth going into the newspaper the next day. So you want to talk about heavily curated? Those things are heavily curated. Yeah. And so now with selfies, everybody thinks more like only news people thought back then. So mm. there's there's a there's an importance to documenting now that very few people felt thirty years ago. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think like with the self portrait, there's there's some time like almost no one would sit down and draw or paint a self portrait in a day and then display it. Like you, you, do, you work on it and then you come back to mm. it and you, you know, you fix it the way you want. I have never, well I guess maybe like in third or fourth grade I made it, I had a different art, but 
I don't have a gift for that and could never make something that looks the way I think I look. Mm. Picasso's hand looked like that, but he was making a self-portrait that he wanted other people to see. So, you know, that's sort of like self. Like he, over a period of time, mm. filtered it or whatever to make it how he wanted it. Not, they're not always true to life. Self-portraits aren't, but there is some intentionality and some time that takes to um, create it. The snapshot, because it was you only had 24 pictures that you could take, it it might have made those of us who took pictures like that put a different amount of value on what we were documenting because I only have this many pictures and it cost me this much and it takes a week to get my pictures back at Walmart or whatever. Um, so I'm going to be careful about what I choose to take a picture of. It's going to be really important for me to want to remember that. Now, when there's an endless amount of storage on the cloud, I can pick, I can take thousands of pictures because maybe it will be important. I don't know that it is right now, but it might be to me later. Okay. So just you think just of all the snapshots that you wish you had, you wish you would got to take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it, maybe you don't value the moment in the moment that I'm going to document it in case it becomes important. Right. But there is also, I think, I think about there's some sort of value to my snapshots yeah. that my thousands of digital shots don't seem to possess. You know, even if it's a crappy picture of me in front of the Washington Monument the first time I went to D.C., there's some value in that that the 50 we took the last time I went to D.C. don't possess at some level, maybe. I don't know, you may have seen the piece recently where the Pope was complaining about people using their cell phones and filming the Mass <coughs> rather than participating. Mm. Mm. And I also think, somebody, I overheard someone saying, there, is there something different between me taking the photo versus uh, I think you were saying, you know, somebody saying, hey, could you take this picture for me? You know, we don't, it, maybe we don't want others to take it, or it's, there, there's something that has shifted between me taking the picture and others taking the photo for me. Or I also think this is maybe in a slightly different direction, but there's a different level of judgment, I think, placed on each one of these things. Yeah. A snapshot, you're forgiving, it's just you taking a quick picture, you want to remember later, it's more or less for you. Um, a self-portrait, you assume somebody else probably took the picture, so you aren't getting the compliment. Maybe you, you, you look pretty, you know, that was, you know, you looked good that day, but more often than not, it's, oh, whoever took that photo must have, who's the name of your photographer? Whereas a selfie, people know that you can take unlimited amounts of them. Yeah. You can have the, you can have the ability to edit it on any number of free apps. So if you put up a bad selfie, then, then somehow that judgment is not only about how you look, but how you took the picture, how you did or didn't edit it, and all that. And 100% of the blame is on you because you had complete control. Mm, mm. In interesting, so control. Good, good. Well, um, let's move on. This is an excellent discussion that I think uh, we'll, you'll be kind of mulling over in the week to come. Um, we read in Psalms to, for the Lord to teach us whoops, to number our days. And I, and I just put this slide up there to have us think about, you know, how much time do we actually spend, you know, online in front of our screens? Um, 
when you look at the research that's out there, it's a, it's a ridiculously shocking amount of time, if we're all going to be honest in this classroom. Um, getting back to the Westminster Convention, <coughs> Confession, um, Jesus teaches us to be salt and light. And his exact words are this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, uh, put, people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, uh, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I think there's something critical about the call to follow Christ. And some of the things, when we think about the way we use our technology versus the call to Christ, we are called to do something that is radical, that is dangerous, that is, I think, um, um, risky even in the way that we do live our lives. Um, something like James reminds us of this. You know, pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, let me give you some practical, actual activities you can do. So if you have your cell phones, pull those out right now. My wife accidentally has mine. Um, so, uh, the first one is what I call uh, texter sessions. So pull up your texting app. I've done this in this class before. Pull up your texting app and look at the last four people that you texted or texted you and pray for them. I think this is a way to, again, redeem these um, messaging apps that we have and use them in a way that takes the focus off of ourselves and puts them on those that God has placed in our lives. So I give us uh, 30 seconds to simply just pray for them. This is one of those disciplines I find to be really helpful when you're in the grocery line. Instead of going to my textbook, uh, I mean my twi Twitter feed, I do this and, and use it for a time of prayer. Um, good, good. <laughs> but still, thanks for letting me borrow your truck. Uh, <laughs> um, this next... Uh, this next discipline is about paying attention to the world that um, we see around us. Um, it's what I call uh, creation gram. So I've got a friend of mine who uh, his Instagram feed is Morning Walks with Shalom, and Shalom is his dog's name. And so each morning he puts a picture up on his Instagram feed where he is paying attention to the world that is around him. And I found that 
to be a very helpful reminder of uh, paying attention to the beauty that God has surrounded us with. It also does another thing of deflecting one's attention again off ourself onto the world and perhaps helping people think about the fingerprints of God. And so um, these are just a few of the ones uh, when I was in Santiago last semester. Uh, Santiago is a giant urban jungle just like New York or um, other Chicago. Uh, and I had a 40 minute walk from where we lived to where we had class. And uh, so I practiced this. And so these are just some of the some of the ways that creation breaks through even in a concrete jungle. Well, that was in the desert, but, um, and that was in Patagonia. But, um, so uh, to, to again use our technology to create instead of simply consume. And I think there is something about just cons the, the nonstop consumption that our feeds uh, do to us. The next discipline, we see Jesus uh, in the temple courts among the teachers, uh, teaching, um, being in his father's house. We see him uh, teaching in the synagogue, reading the scriptures. So the third one is simply read. Um, you're, you're, most of you are all probably really familiar with Bible Gateway or Version. Uh, what you may not be aware of is the, just the countless reading um, plans that you can go through from reading the uh, going through the New Testament in 90 days to the whole Bible in a year to thematic ones um, all sorts of different reading plans that if you don't know where to uh, start uh, Bible Gateway or again with the app itself um, let's see if oh, it's not going to let's try one more time uh, with the with the app itself has all those reading plans as well. So if you click on your Bible app, uh, right here on the bottom, you can see click on plans, and it'll give you a variety of different plans to listen to, from devotional to family to parts of the Bible and so on that you can subscribe to. Um, the fourth. Uh, discipline is simply listen. Wh one other thing you may not realize with these, with the app especially, is that it'll read the scripture to you. And so um, I had uh, started to uh, be addicted to talk radio, sports talk radio on my commutes. But Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we... So, um, so that is in your Bible app. If you, I, I'm sure most of you, if you're Christians, <laughs> have it, right? So uh, do me a favor. Take the next 60 seconds and just get it playing. Just practice playing so you, so you can do that. Um, and I find that you know, this is what I generally do on my commute now before I listen to my talk radio. Did you have a question? Oh, wait, that was mine. Sorry. I'm not hearing anyone. Oh, there's one. 
But what happens is once we're done and I put it in my purse, I'll be at a grocery store, my phone will be completely like black. And it'll, it'll just start going off. Like, maybe that's the Holy Spirit telling you something. Know. I don't know. It's gone off the most random times. It doesn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe I just need a little Jesus. <laughs> It's a that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> so, yeah, great. So, all right. So we're hearing it. Good. Okay. So, um, the next one is encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So, uh, we did uh, texter sessions. I do text encouragements now. So go back to your texting app and uh, pick at least one of those four, not number five, but one of the four, the top four. And uh, if it's appropriate, send them an encouraging text message. Uh, okay, if one of them isn't a Christian, no. <laughs> text them, if you were to die today, no, don't. No, no, let's not, let's not do what, text evangelism, right? Uh, one of the things that as I got older, I started realizing the value of the people in my life and uh, and as with age you go to more funerals too and wanted to make sure that some of the people in my life actually knew what they meant to me and so this is one of those ways that I have um, incorporated that into my regular life of just sending a message just saying hey thanks for your friendship thinking about you have you ever engaged in a spiritual discipline where you put all of this aside we're getting to that. Yes. Yes. Um, number six is simply create. Um, and some of these ways have already been the way to create something new. This is an old, uh, should be an old Apple ad that doesn't want to seem to work. Um, where you see the boy on his phone the whole time, but what he's actually doing is shooting the whole family and putting together a video at the holiday season. And of course it worked in rehearsal yesterday. Oh, there we go.
So there's something beautiful about that where it appears that he's completely disengaged because of his tech, but he is fully uh, paying attention to what's going on. And then last is uh, to keep a tech Sabbath. Um, I, I encourage people to take a daily Sabbath and a weekly Sabbath from technology. So in our house, the, the daily Sabbath happened around the dinner table. And so if the phone rang, uh, we, we just had a no phones rule at our, around our dinner table um, because that was holy ground. Uh, the other Sabbath that we would have was every evening as well. So our, our daughters would charge their phones downstairs in the kitchen, not upstairs. When I, I do uh, parent meetings, uh, teach trainings on this for churches, and uh, I had one parent come up to me after when I was first doing this, and she says, Walter, I, I love that idea about uh, charging the phone downstairs in the kitchen, but my daughter uses her phone as an alarm clock. And my response was, well, if only there was this magical box you could buy at Dollar General that would make a noise at a predetermined time, you know. The mom did go to Harding, so you have to give her a break, but I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Randy Lowry pays me to say that. No. Well, he pays me, but... Um, uh, also, when you go into the research about sleep deprivation and those kinds of things, that practice of keeping your electronics out of the bedroom has all sorts of other benefits for, our, for ourselves and for our students. Um, so, uh, so think about a daily Sabbath that you can have and then a weekly Sabbath, if possible, where um, you just don't, you leave your phone in, on the charger on a Saturday, perhaps and uh, some of the freedom that goes along with that. I leave, uh, I leave in about a week and a half for a trip where I'm taking Lipscomb students to Israel. And one of the practices I got from Andy Crouch is when he goes on vacation, he does an auto reply to his email where he says, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I'm not gonna see your email. It's, it's going straight into the trash because I don't want to come back from a vacation with an inbox of 500 emails. I'll be back on this date, email me again after this date. And so I am very excited about doing that because A, when I'm in Israel for those 10 days, I don't want to be checking my email and, and be taken away mentally from that place. And B, I don't want to be while I'm there being stressed out day six, seven, or eight of, oh my goodness, when I get back, I'm going to have all these emails to deal with. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know how it goes in a couple weeks. Ask me after June 3rd how it went. I can't wait for it. Um, I do, just for full disclosure, the parents of the students I'm taking and my family will have, a, have an email that will be live um, So um, for emergency on that. Um, but if it were vacation, I wouldn't even have that one. So, um, so I'm looking forward to, to what that can do. And I get some of your jobs, you can't do that with. I get that, but I'm just giving you some ideas to, to do that with. Um, so here's one last practice is uh, get your phones out and, um, and put it on airplane mode for the next hour, if you would.
we do put our phones on silent, but there's something that happens to us mentally, isn't there, when it buzzes in our pocket. You know, if I'm at dinner with my wife and I feel the buzz in my pocket, mentally I'm taking somewhere else going, oh, I'm popular. Who wants me? I'm important. And I'm taken away from that moment. And so silent mode is appropriate in some instances, but airplane mode is appropriate in some other instances. We started as a family when uh, we go out to dinner, we leave our phones in the car. And, uh, and that has allowed us to enjoy each other's company as well. So there's a variety of different ways I think we can practice Sabbath. <coughs> and Sabbath is a good discipline in that it reminds us that we are not God and that there is a God. And the purpose of it is to be reminded of our place in this world. So there's seven practices. Pick one is what I encourage people to do and try to put it into practice. Don't pick all seven and put it into practice because that you'll just get, you'll upset everyone around you and yourself. <laughs> That's just what happens. So pick one, build that into your rhythm of life, then maybe throw another one in in a couple weeks and so on. Thanks everyone.